Just imagine that every morning when you opened your eyes, there was a giant gift box sitting right next to your bed labeled one day. Wow. I mean, when you're, as soon as your eyes open, you see that you've been given this astounding gift of being alive. I mean, you just got a ticket to ride this planet from sunrise to sunset. Did you realize this box was sitting by your bed this morning? I mean, today, your heart will push 1,680 gallons of blood through your body. I mean, that's more gallons of blood than you probably put gallons of gas in your car every year. And that's just this one day. And today, you will breathe in and out over 20,000 times. And you won't even have to think about it. It just happens in the background. In fact, the 37.2 trillion cells that make up your body will work together more or less perfectly all day long so that you can get up out of bed, go taste your coffee, uh, talk to your family, see their faces. You may be reading or writing, laughing at a joke, all these things you've been given today. And your body is working, but wait, there's more. Open the box and you will find the real treasure. If you pull the lid off, you'll find that this box is stuffed full of all kinds of good gifts, all kinds of gifts. There's joyful gifts, there are painful gifts, fulfilling gifts, some stressful gifts, some hilarious gifts, boring gifts, gifts that'll bring tears to your eyes, relaxing gifts. And somehow, all of this comes together to make one totally unique and priceless gift. But the thing is that we see this box in the morning and we're not impressed, are we? We're just not impressed by it. We're not even intrigued usually. And that's because we think we've seen it all before. Every morning of our lives, there has been a one day box sitting in this same spot. And every evening it's taken away, it disappears only to be replaced the next morning by another box that looks almost exactly like it. And in fact, the gifts look so similar on the outside that at some point, we stop even bothering to open them. But do you remember what it was like when you were a kid? And when you were a kid, you couldn't wait to get out of bed in the morning. You're like, yeah, you jump out of bed, here we go. You were thrilled with the gift you discovered each morning and you couldn't wait to open the box and find out what new things were inside. You see, as kids, we understand that even though the one day box looked the same each morning, the gifts on the inside were different every single day and that we'd lose those gifts forever if we didn't unwrap them. All we had to do was open the box and dig for the daily treasures that are stuffed between all that tissue paper of everyday life. But as we've grown up, we've gotten lazy. And by the time we're teenagers, most of us have started taking the daily gift for granted. And we figure that there's always gonna be a gift box waiting for us. You know, why bother opening today's? There'll be another one tomorrow. 
And today, we're really busy. We're really tired. But here's the truth. This is the truth. The gift that you have been given today, this day, is the only one that you're guaranteed to get. It's the only one I'm guaranteed to get. And we might be given thousands more. Or this might be our last one-day gift. But either way, the gifts in our boxes today will slip away for good before tomorrow. So the question is, what are you going to do with your one gift this one day? Now, God has given me 20,851 gift boxes like this. 20,851 divine gifts of one day. But I have to admit, I think about all the days that I never really fully opened the gift. Or I opened it just enough to go through the motions of another day without really digging into the box and intentionally unwrapping all the wonder and the beauty and the potential that was inside. I think about all the gifts that I wasted in selfishness and fear and worry and just focused on my needs and what I'm going through. I think about all the gift boxes that I can never get back again. Our grandson, Jude Samuel Shook, on the other hand, only received one gift box. He was given the gift of one day, one sunrise, one sunset, one rotation of the planet before he left it. However, the way that little boy unwrapped the divine gift of his one day gave us a gift that changed how we live every single day since. January 8, 2017 was a really, 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 really hard day. It certainly didn't turn out anything like we had hoped and wanted or prayed. I mean, it was a gut-wrenching day, but something amazing happened. Living through that difficult day just rocked our routine of going aimlessly through a day and never fully unwrapping the sacred gifts that are inside. It reignited a passion in us to make every single day count. One day changed the way we now live every day. And God led us to write a book with lessons that he taught us through Jude on how to unwrap each day as a treasure, as a sacred gift from God. It comes out this Tuesday, but this weekend we're kicking off our church-wide gift of one day adventure. It's gonna be life-changing. We're gonna have so much fun on this adventure. It's going to be so challenging. It's gonna be so life-changing, and I'm telling you, you go on this adventure with us, by the end of this month, you will never be the same again. All our life groups are gonna go through the adventure of the gift of one day. If you're not in a life group, get connected today. Because every weekend, Chris and I are gonna be speaking on the lessons from the gift of one day that are so grounded in God's word and so life-changing. And then our life groups are gonna meet each week or every other week and do the, the study. And you can download the videos. Chris and I did videos for the study and there, there are five of them. So you meet once a week for five weeks and so all the existing life groups are gonna be going through it. All these new life groups are kicking off. And if you're not connected, I mean, thousands of people all around Houston are gonna be going through this. And it's gonna be eye-opening, heart-opening, and life-changing, city-changing. And we can't wait to see all that God's gonna do. We're expecting miracles from God. We're expecting 
blessings and all kinds of strength that God's gonna give us through this series. But the greatest miracle of all is life change. And if you're hosting a life group, if you're hosting one of these, the Gift of One Day Life groups, then we wanna give you the book uh, free, along with the Miracle Book Journal that it comes with. And if you're in a life group, um, we'll have the books here next week at uh, way below cost, and along with the uh, Miracle Books that go with it. And we just want everyone to get this, get this in their hands, and, and really start putting these principles into your life. You know, right after Jude went to be with the Lord, our daughter Megan sent us a group text that went to our whole family. And it contains some verses from a tiny, obscure little book in the New Testament written by another Jude, the half-brother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's just a really short little book. But when we read those verses, it was as if our Jude was speaking to us directly from heaven, the most encouraging words we'd ever heard in our lives at the most discouraging time of our lives. And it's our key passage for this whole adventure we're going on. So would you stand, Willis Church, in honor of God's word? And follow along with me. It's from the message paraphrase, Jude 1, 1 and 2. I, Jude, am a slave to Jesus Christ, writing to those loved by God the Father, called and kept safe by Jesus Christ. Relax. Everything's going to be all right. Rest. Everything's coming together. Open your hearts. Love is on the way. Somebody needed to hear that today. Directly from the Lord, speak into your heart. Open your heart. Love is on the way. Dear God, I thank you that you are love, and I thank you that even though we go through so many hurts and difficulties and pains and problems, that you always bring healing and love, that you're always there, Lord, to see us through. And Lord, I pray over the next month that you would just do something so transformative in our hearts and lives, in our families, in our church, that we would never be the same again is we learn how to open our hearts, to receive all that you have for us, to open our hearts, to give everything you want us to give back, Lord, to make a difference in people's lives. And Lord, we just want you to open our eyes to see what a treasure this one day is and unwrap it completely and all the gifts that are in it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Could you underline that last phrase, love is on the way. God promises in this passage that everything's going to be all right. Everything's coming together. He promises that love is on the way. Now, our part is to relax, to rest, and to open our hearts. The goal of our journey together is to learn to live with our hearts wide open. Now, imagine that the lid on the one day box is your heart. So this is your heart right here over this gift box. And we can't get to the gifts inside without opening the lid. We have to open the lid and open our hearts to risk. And we can't share our gifts. We can't take what's inside of our one day gift box and share it with others without opening the lid. And when we get hurt in life, we usually start to close down our hearts trying to protect ourselves from any more hurt or any more pain. And we close the lid inch 
by inch by inch. We suddenly close it and decide that, you know what, the risk of rejection and more pain and disappointment um, just isn't worth it. So we're going to shut out that risk of pain. But in doing that, we also shut out all hope of joy. I want you to also underline the phrase in that verse, relax. Everything's going to be all right. Hey, when everything in our world felt and looked all wrong, God reminded us that everything is going to be all right. Not just okay, but all right. Now, there are a lot of things in our broken and decaying world that aren't all right. It's not all right that there's so much, so many problems and so much pain and so much suffering and so much evil in our world today. It's not all right that Jude's kidneys didn't form and that his lungs weren't strong enough. That didn't feel all right. That he was only given one day on this earth didn't feel all right. But one day, folks, one day, one day, God will take away all that is wrong and he will make it all right. One day, God's gonna take all the wrong, all the things that are not all right and he's gonna make them all right. You see, one day in heaven, we'll be with Jude for eternity every day. One day in heaven, we'll be with Jude every day for all eternity. Heaven one day brings peace. Heaven one day brings joy. Heaven one day brings hope in our most difficult days. Heaven one day weighs in when life outweighs us. Knowing that one day everything will be all right changes the game. That one day we'll be in this perfect place called heaven. If you're a Christ follower, you don't have to fear death. You ought to fear a wasted life because you get to go to heaven. And it's a sure thing. It's just as real as this room that we're in right now. But it's the perfect place of perfect fulfillment. One day changes this day. Living in light of eternity changes everything. It really is comforting to know that there is a one day. But the real question is, how do I make it through this day? And that was the question we had all through what we've been going through is God, it's great that there's a one day. We really believe you. We know it's true. We know that you placed eternity in our hearts, but how do we make it through this one day? And that's the focus of our book. That's the focus of our great adventure that we're going on, is how to open your heart this day. How to open your heart, not just go through the motions, but open your heart to really receive all that God has for you. How do you open your heart when you're hurt so that you can get healing? How do you open your heart when you feel like shutting down? How do you open your heart and live with a heart wide open, one day at a time? So I want us to look at Genesis. We wanna go all the way back to the gift, the first gift of one day, Genesis 1, three through five. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness and called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. A day was one of the first things God made. Before he made starfish and eagles and mountains and people, he made a day. Darkness and light, evening and morning. He created a day. Right from the start, God chose the framework that he wanted us to experience life in. Our time on earth was to be measured in days with a beginning and an ending. 
and we can only experience life one day at a time. If I try to experience life any other way, I'm gonna miss the gift of today. When you open your heart to yesterday, your heart gets filled with regret because you can't change the past. When you open your heart to tomorrow, your heart gets filled with worry because you can't control the future. But when you open your heart today, when you open your heart to this one day, your heart is filled up with the miracle that is in this day. We're sharing Jude's story with you, and not because our pain is unique, because it's not. Many of you have traveled roads that we can't even begin to imagine. All of us go through times when life gets hard, and all pain is personal. And so we are here to compare pain. And we aren't sharing Jude's story with you because this is a story that we wanted to tell, because it isn't. We don't get to choose the stories we're in, but we do get to choose how we live our stories out. In Jude's story, it's a good one. God wrote a wonderful story, and we want to share with you what we've learned. But we're not sharing it because we've traveled through a tough time, and now we've arrived on the other side. And we're going to tell you what that's like because we haven't arrived. You know, we'll be honest. We still walk through a lot of pain about this, and we probably always will. And we want to share this with you anyway. We want to share one of the toughest journeys of our lives with you because we're hoping that some of the lessons that God taught us on our darkest days will help brighten yours. And if you're on a dark path right now, or someday you may be in the future, we're really praying that some of the stuff that God taught our family might help lighten your path. And we're telling our story to you because Woodlands Church, you are family. And that's just what families do. We share with each other. And when one of us is hurting, then we share our story. And when I'm hurting, I share with you, and maybe you have some extra encouragement, some extra love, and you can lighten my burden. And maybe when you're going through a tough time and you share with me, then God has given me some extra energy and some extra time, and I can help lighten your path. And so it's what families do, and that's why we're sharing this story with you. So here is how our hearts were opened. In 2017, um, our son Josh and his awesome wife, Kelly, found out they were expecting their first child. So our whole family rejoiced. We were all so excited for them, and everything was just going totally normally, normal pregnancy. And they decided, after they found out they were having a boy and did the big gender reveal, that they would name him Jude Samuel, which means praise the Lord has heard. And so then in the first week of November, they went for the normal check where they do a, a little more detailed ultrasound. It happens in every pregnancy. And it was at that point that they were suddenly told with no warning that Judith's kidneys um, just weren't working. One kidney was missing and the other was cystic and dysplastic and did not have the ability to function. And also, his lungs probably were not going to develop properly because uh, to develop in the womb, lungs need amniotic fluid, and without working kidneys, that would not be produced. And so all of a sudden, we went from the most perfect expectations and hope to just devastation because they said that uh, the, 
rest of the pregnancy should proceed just perfectly normally, but that um, when he was born, that Jude could only be expected to live for minutes or hours. So our family fell in a heap on the floor together, um, sobbing and crying out to God and just praying. And there was one slim chance that we found, and that was that uh, there was an experimental procedure that was being carried out at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. And uh, just a handful of kids with this same condition that Jude had, had actually uh, been born and then placed on dialysis, and then um, at two years old were given a donor kidney. So suddenly, that became our, our dream, our hope. And we started marching toward that every day. So within a couple days of finding out this prognosis, we were on a plane to Cincinnati. Uh, and um, we got there and met with tons of doctors. And let me just tell you, I never realized how comfortable I am at home. I mean at home in a state that I'm familiar with, a city I'm familiar with. We were suddenly placed in Cincinnati where I didn't know one person, zero people. Not one friend to call on, no one. And we were in a whole new world of doctors and terms that we suddenly had to catch up on and, and study a lot about um, all the things that, uh, about this condition that we had no idea about. We didn't have any control over it. There was nothing we could do. We were battling for life. It was this huge battle, not just a little one, but literally a life or death battle is what it felt like. We were utterly overwhelmed and felt alone. And Suddenly, it just seemed like we couldn't even think past the day we were in. All we could do was focus on getting through the day. Tomorrow seemed like too much. And so that's the first thing that we learned is that we need to pray just for today. Just for today. So every morning we get up, it's like, oh, Lord, just for today, please give us the strength to keep on going. Lord, please give us the wisdom to know who to talk to and what questions to ask and where to turn. Lord, please just for today, give us courage to not give up and not just fall apart and break down. And Lord, just the practical stuff, please help me find a parking place in this parking garage that's always full. You know, please help me figure out how, you know, how to navigate this, you know, the paperwork here because there's so much. And then it hit me. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, um, in Matthew 6, verse 11, it says, give us this day our daily bread. Well, I'd said that a thousand times. Give us this day our daily bread. But suddenly, the words just sprung to life because I thought, wow, you know, this short little verse, three of those seven words speak to the immediacy of what our prayer life is supposed to look like. We're supposed to be praying, give us this day, our daily bread. I finally realized, wow, I feel so alone, so utterly helpless without Lord, feeling like I need to pray about every single thing every day because I don't know anybody. I'm just not going to make it. I can't get around here. I don't even know what the next step is or what this looks like. And I thought, wow, this is my true condition all the time. I just never realized it. You know, when I'm at home, on an average day, that's still my true condition. Really, I still need him every minute, every hour, just to make it through. It's just that in familiar circumstances, I somehow end up taking credit and feeling like I can handle this day myself. 
Why is it that we only fall to our knees when we feel like all is hopeless and we really, oh, now, God, I really need you? No, the truth is we need him just as much on our best day as we do on our worst day. And so give us this day, our daily bread teaches us that we're supposed to ask God specifically and expectantly for what we need every single day. And that includes this one day. And this daily bread mentality has resulted in a massive shift in our everyday thinking. Because instead of constantly eyeing this huge landscape of 10-year-ago regrets and worries about five years down the road, instead, we've yanked those blinders in and learn to focus just on today. Those just for today prayers are such a key to our adventure. And so we want you to start today praying your just for today prayers. Just for today, Lord, give me the wisdom I need to talk to my teenager. Just for today, Lord, give me the patience I need to talk to my parents. Just for today, Lord, Give me the courage I need. Just for today, Lord, give me the strength I need. Just for today, Lord, provide. I need you. And be real specific. Just for today, Lord, just for today. Because if you have strength for today, if you have wisdom for today, that's all you need. If you have peace for today, that's all you need. Because when tomorrow is too much, you got to pray just for today, Lord, just for today. Now, there's a second thing you have to do, too, and that is watch just for today. Pray just for today, then watch just for today. Before you can open your heart, God has to open your eyes to receive all that God wants to give you today and all that he wants you to give to others. You have to watch for God. You have to really look for God. One of the lessons we learned from Jude is there is a hidden gift in every hurt, and sometimes you have to look pretty deep. You have to ask God to open your eyes to really see what's happening around you. So you can see those gifts that God has given you. Some of the greatest hurts in my life have turned out to be some of the greatest gifts. Some of the things that I thought were the greatest gifts that I got and I was so excited about turned out to be the cause of some of my greatest pain. And so it's so important to look past the hurt to see the gift that's hidden, the treasure that's hidden, the diamond that's hidden in the hurt. So the first thing, that we learn to do is to start every day with Psalm chapter five, verse three, which says, every morning I lay out pieces of my heart on your altar and watch for fire to descend. And all that means is that every morning I literally think, okay, God, these are the pieces of my life and I'm giving them back to you. It feels like this is just mine and in my life, but it's yours. And I'm gonna lay this out for you, God. Do what you want to with it today. And so it's a, a mental shift of just saying, God, I'm letting go. Um, whatever it is that you want to do, I'm going to be ready for it. And then we watch for miracles. That verse said, and we watch for fire to descend. And so suddenly, you know, I found that when you start praying specifically every morning, when you really get specific and say, God, this is what I need, and I'm expecting you to come through, then you start watching all day long to see if God comes through. And guess what? He does was hardly ever in the way I expected. You know, suddenly things didn't just start working smoothly. I did not pull in and always there is the front row parking place ready for me. You know, it, some things just didn't happen the way I wanted, but yet 
in little ways, in big ways, in unexpected ways, God kept coming through day after day after day. So we watched for miracles, and we'll talk more about that next weekend. And we'll also learn about um, how keeping a, a miracle book, just getting in the habit of writing down the things that God is doing really changes things. And on this adventure, your eyes are going to be opened to God's gifts because we're going to watch, we're going to pray for them, we're going to watch for them, and we're going to write them down and remember them. And then the third thing that we learn to do is to rest just for today. If we rest just for today, it changes everything. Now, the word rest in the Bible just means surrender. It means to place your day in God's strong hands. And when life doesn't make sense, we can rest in God. We can rest in him and say, okay, God, I gave this to you, so I really, you know, how you choose to solve this is up to you. I guess this is your problem. And so we battle through every day in Cincinnati, and at the end of every day, we would sit around, and um, Josh and I would put our hands on Kelly's, uh, on her tummy so that we could feel Jude kick. He would kick really strongly and know that babies can hear in the womb. And so uh, Josh would sing praise songs. We'd sing with him, and you know, he'd play his guitar, and we'd end each day with this verse, which is Psalm chapter 4, verse 8. And it says, at day's end, I'm ready for sound sleep. For you, God, have put my life back together. You say you can rest because God will be putting your life back together. So every morning, say, okay, God, you know, we have all these needs. Please come through. And at the end of every day, we'd say, wow, God, you did it again. I can't believe it. Here we are at the end of another day. This morning, I didn't see how we were going to push through. But here we are. Wow, God, you did it. And that give us just a little more faith to face the next day. So you can rest because God is protecting you. Psalm 32, verse 7 says, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. The night before Jude was born, I had a dream. Now, I guess like most people, I have dreams every night. I don't remember most of them. But this one day, this one morning, that Jude was born, and we knew he was going to be born that day. I'd, I woke up from a dream that was so strong and so personal, and I'm not, uh, you know, weird spiritual psychic like that. This doesn't happen to me. So I was like, wow, God, that's really unusual. Because I woke up with a, a, just such a clear dream, and all it was was that I was being held in the paw of a lion, and I woke up, and I felt so peaceful. It was just such a peaceful place to be. I woke up, and I thought, what's wrong with me? I should have been terrified. <laughs> that, you know, that, that's the scariest place. But then I realized that, you know, how you uh, feel about being in the paw of a lion has everything to do with whether you are the lion's prey, and he is eating you, or if you are the lion's cub, and he is holding you and protecting you. And just had such a strong sense of protection because the lion of Judah, he's protecting us. He's protecting you. He's protecting you this day, this one day, this one day that is the only day that any of us know for sure that we have this one gift that's waiting to be opened. This one day 
The Lion of Judah, Jesus Christ, is protecting you. You can rest because God's protecting you, but you can also rest and just surrender it all to him because God is fighting for you. You need to know that, that if you're fighting with worry and you're, you're stressed and you're trying to solve this problem on your own in your own strength and you're just really at war in your soul, you can surrender because God will fight for you. In Deuteronomy 3, 22, it says, do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God will fight for you. You don't have to be afraid because God will fight for you. You see, Jude was born at Good Samaritan Hospital in Cincinnati, uh, but Kelly had been in the children's hospital for a couple of months getting these amnio infusions with this experimental treatment. She had to go through two surgeries and, and just had to go through so much, but the plan was as soon as he was, she was transferred over, he was born at Good Samaritan Hospital, but then he would be transferred by ambulance right after he was born to go back to Cincinnati Children's Hospital where they would start this dialysis. And that's where everything was set up. And so Josh and Kelly were really prepared for this ambulance to transfer him. And, and they had been talking to the doctors that were so amazing and all the medical professionals and, and they had everything set. But then right after Jude was born, the NICU doctor came in and Kelly was already in surgery to remove the amnioport and Chris and Josh were the only ones in the room and, and the doctor compassionately said, I'm so sorry, but we've decided not to transfer Jude because his lungs just aren't strong enough. You need to go and hold him now. So this was it. They weren't going to transfer him at all. Uh, but what could be said? I mean, these are the experts, these are the doctors, and they knew what they were doing. They'd made up their minds. Jude's lungs weren't strong enough for dialysis. But then Josh spoke up and he said, doctor, I'm asking you to transfer him. With compassion, the doctor reiterated her reason conclusion and she mentioned the benchmarks that um, Josh and, and Kelly and all of us were really familiar with, these benchmarks that he needed to meet in order to have dialysis. And so Josh knew it really well, the metrics of viability. And the doctor was firm that Jude didn't meet those requirements. But Josh was firm as well, not in a belligerent refusal to understand. He just wasn't about to let the first doctor and the first word from that doctor giving the report on his first child's condition be the last word. Jude was still alive, if only barely, and Josh was not gonna stop pushing until everything possible had been done to save his little boy. Then Josh called all the heads of departments until he made his way up the chain of command, and there he was talking to the doctor that was in charge of everything, and the doctor reiterated the position that all the doctors had, and and Josh said, I understand, doctor, I really do. I understand what you're saying, but I'm saying this is my son. And all I'm asking you to do is come take a look at him. I know the odds are so low, but I just come take a look at him. Don't give up on my son yet. And to their credit, the next morning, every one of those doctors came in to examine Jude instead of just merely accepting what they'd seen in reports and read. They all came together to examine him. And Jude began to deteriorate at that point and struggle with breathing, but they were ready to all come in and, and give the signal for him to, to try everything to transfer him anyway. 
Joshua's a father fighting passionately for his child. You know, and Chris has said this many times, and I completely agree that we've never been more proud of Josh than we were at that moment, fighting for his child. As long as Jude had breath, his daddy was gonna fight for him. But I want you to know you have a daddy God who fights for you. As long as you have breath, he's gonna fight for you. And if you don't know Christ, if you don't know the Lord and have a relationship with God, then I want you to know you have a God who will fight to chase after you. He will fight for your heart and fight for your heart and fight for your heart until you take your last, last breath. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, he will fight for your heart. Now, he gives you the choice as to whether or not you surrender and receive him and his free gift of forgiveness and grace in heaven one day, but he will fight for you until your very last breath. You can curse him and he'll still fight for you. And if you're a Christ follower, if you're a child of God, then you're in the paw of the Lion of Judah and he protects you and you can rest while he fights for you. He will keep fighting for you. You know, I'm so glad that I know how the story ends. See, Jude's story's not completed yet. And as Josh said, we'll have no less days with him because of eternity. But I'm so glad. Have you ever read your Bible through and through? Have you really ever read it? I, I read books, but I have to admit the way I do it is I cheat. You know, usually if it's a novel or anything, I go right to the end to find out what happened. I'll get started, then I'll go to the end. And that's kind of what, what I do with, with books. You know, I just like, I skip around and get the, get the parts, you know, and, and I, I like to find out how it ends. You know, just, I, I go right for the spoiler alert. I don't know. It's kind of weird, I guess. But I know how the story ends because I've read the last book of God's word. I know how it ends. We win. We win in the end. Maybe you feel like you've lost so much this year. Maybe you're going through some deep loss. Maybe you're going through some deep pain. I want you to know we have a God who fights for us. And here's the thing. He's already won the victory through his death on the cross. And all we have to do is rest in that victory. And maybe you're going through a tough time right now, but I want you to know you could raise your head because we win in the end. We win in the end. And I praise God for that. I, I want us to bow our heads, and Chris is gonna lead us in a word of prayer because we wanna pray for you as we begin this great adventure that you'll get connected to Christ and connected to the body of Christ and that you'll open your heart and receive all that God wants you to receive. Father, thank you that you are the great giver, that you gave your one and only son so that we could all be with you one day. You love us that much. And then you keep on giving and you give us one more day and one more day and one more day. Lord, we ask that you would help us to op open our eyes and see the incredible gift that you give us every single day. All the gifts inside, all the opportunities, all the mir miracles that you work in our lives. Help us to see all the love and kindness that you show to us every single day that we so often just overlook. Father, we want to open our hearts to you and to each other. And if there's anyone who doesn't know Jude's Savior, I pray that you would especially open their heart and let them see, maybe for the first time, how much you love them. 
and that all they have to do is ask you, Jesus Christ, into their hearts. And they'll have the promise of heaven. We can be with you forever. Father, we love you. We look forward expectantly to what you have for us today. And if you choose to give us more days throughout this series, we love you. In your name we pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, now we're at the point in time in our service where we give back to God some of what he's given us. And I just really encourage you and challenge you to give and put God first in your finances so God can bless the rest. And I'm just so grateful for what God is doing through you at Woodlands Church because it's our goal to raise up the gospel of hope, to get it all around the world, to every hurting and hopeless person. It's our goal to raise up the poor and powerless by not giving a handout, but giving them a help up with our over 120 mission projects and ministries. It's our goal to raise up the next generation to change the world, and that's what God is doing. I went over to the pavilion last night, and it was unbelievable. It was 1,300 students, about another 500 um, sponsors and counselors and, and helpers, and another 1,000 parents who were there. As it was parents and children and students getting connected together, under the Lord, and it was just an amazing thing. God's raising up this generation to change the world, so give to him and thank God for all that he's doing and how he's using you, and so there are many ways to give. You can give through our online giving or push pay through your cell phone. Go to wc.org and and give. Um, uh, There's many ways to give. You can give right here, you know, in the offering basket, And but we just want you to make sure that you make it a regular habit to put God first. Whatever area you want God to bless you and you put him first in it. If you want more energy, you gotta give away energy and exercise. You know, if you want more friends, you've gotta give away friendship and be a friend. And if you want your finances to grow, then you have to learn to give first and foremost. Whatever it is you need more of, you gotta learn to give it away. It's a paradox of life. And so as you give, thank God for all that he's given you. I wanna also say that Next weekend, we'll have the books available and ready to go, um, and then we'll also um, have the miracle book, these little journals that we wanna teach you how to just write down and jot down every day a couple things that God is doing in your life and the miracles, big and small, that God does over the next month, and uh, we'll have that next week. Well, we're gonna sing to the Lord and we're gonna praise him and I'm just so proud of our student ministry led by Pastor Mark Miller and our student ministry at our, student ministry at uh, the Woodlands campus, the Tascacita campus and the North Point campus and what God's doing all over the world through you Woodlands Church. So we've got one day to look forward to, but I'm so thankful for this day, what God's doing today but let's just sing to him because one day we're going to fly away. Let's stand. God bless you, Woodlands Church. Um, Who's going to win the Super Bowl, by the way? Somebody said the Texans. Boy, that's optimism. That's optimism. Hey, I don't know if it's going to be the 49ers or the Chiefs, but um, we know it's not the Texans, but that's okay because we're faithfully praying. Hey, I've got a couple of books to give away that are signed. I'm not gonna throw them far because I don't wanna, I don't wanna, uh, I don't wanna hurt anybody. So, um, 
God bless you, Woodlands Church. What a super Sunday it is because of Jesus Christ. Have a great week. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.